Check out Unpacking Israeli History podcast. From the history of infamous terror groups, Hamas and Hezbollah, to the story of Nakba, to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. Catch up on previous seasons and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week. So, educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Beyond Zero is Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future and more. Toyota gives you the power to reduce carbon emissions and help move toward its vision with a wide selection of electrified vehicles. Whether you're into hybrid EVs for that traditional Toyota feel with better MPG, battery EVs for a smooth and silent ride, or plug-in hybrid EVs that switch between battery and fuel, Toyota has you covered. And for those who prefer hydrogen, Toyota's fuel cell EVs emit nothing but water vapor from the tailpipe. So cool. Giving you the choice on how to reduce carbon emissions and move closer to Toyota's Beyond Zero Vision. Visit toyota.com slash electrified vehicles slash beyond dash zero dash vision. Toyota, let's go places. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass. Or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. Today is February 9th, 2019. The day was February 9, 1907. About 3,000 women from more than 40 suffrage organizations marched from Hyde Park to Exeter Hall in London to advocate for women's right to vote. The National Union of Women's Suffrage Societies, or NUWSS, had organized the United Procession of Women, as it was officially called. Led by suffragists Millicent Fawcett, Lady Jane Strachey, Lady Frances Balfour, and Keir Hardy, and organized by Lady Jane's daughter, Philippa Strachey, the march was the first of a series of open-air processions that were meant to bring attention to the cause. Because of the dreary, rainy weather that day, this event became known as the Mud March. But even though the marching women had to trek through muddy, rain-soaked streets, the event was still successful at drawing large crowds of spectators, increasing awareness about the movement, and affecting future change. The National Union of Women's Suffrage Societies formed in 1897. 
and Millicent Fawcett headed up the organization, which created petitions, held public meetings, handed out literature, and used other non-confrontational means to sway public opinion and convince governments that women should have the right to vote. At the same time, many others who believed women should be able to vote did not jibe with the constitutionalist methods of the NUWSS and other organizations. So the suffragettes emerged on the opposite end of the spectrum from the suffragists. In 1903, Emmeline Pankhurst founded the Women's Social and Political Union, which grew to include a lot more working-class women and used direct action to get their point across. The suffragettes, as members of this organization came to be known, interrupted political meetings, heckled government officials, chained themselves to railings, destroyed property, staged hunger strikes while they were in prison, and were otherwise super militant in their advocacy. The organization's motto, Deeds, Not Words, pretty much sums up what the suffragettes were all about. These women were often decried as violent, called names like shrieking sisterhood, and even assaulted. Not all suffragettes agreed with the direct action tactics in the Pankhurst leadership, though, and eventually the women's social and political union split. Needless to say, the movement for women's suffrage in the United Kingdom was fractured. But despite the differences in thought and approach among all the organizations, suffragists and suffragettes recognized their common goal. That was to get some women the vote. I say some women because the people fighting for women's suffrage often just wanted property-owning women to be able to cast their votes. Anyway, the suffragists wanted to prove that they too could mobilize a strong, attention-grabbing protest. And they wanted to persuade Parliament that women were totally behind the idea of suffrage and that it was a good idea to enact legislation around it. So in November 1906, the Central Society for Women's Suffrage proposed a demonstration that would happen around the same time the next session of Parliament opened. And Philippa Strachey, Lady Strachey's daughter, set to work on organizing a march. The goal was to bring together a bunch of suffrage societies to participate in the march, but that was not an easy task because a lot of those groups disagreed with one another on suffrage issues. In fact, the Women's Social and Political Union was not officially invited to the march because groups like the British Women's Temperance Association refused to show up if they were. But regardless of hostilities, the show went on. The Artists' Suffrage League was established in January 1907 to create posters, postcards, and banners for the procession. And the march started near Hyde Park Corner on February 9, 1907. There was a band, watching crowds, decorated cars and carriages, scheduled speakers, and women from all walks of life. Though I might add that the role of women of color in the British women's suffrage movement is hardly noted. But the marchers and spectators stuck it out through the ugly weather. Even though the march wasn't as much of a spectacle as, say, 
the smashing windows and setting off bombs that some suffragettes were known for, it still was a very public act of defiance. At the time, the social expectation was still kind of this idea that women should be seen and not heard, and taking to the streets to protest wasn't exactly the most respectable thing to do. Many women expected to lose their jobs, damage their reputations, and be shamed if they marched, which made the march that much more exciting and worthwhile. The march got a considerable amount of press, both positive and negative, and Member of Parliament Willoughby Dickinson did introduce a bill that would extend voting rights to some women that same month, though it floundered. But the march was the largest of its kind at the time, and it spawned other large-scale processions in the women's suffrage movement. A segment of women over the age of 30 won the right to vote in the United Kingdom in 1918, and suffrage was extended to everyone over age 21 in 1928. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Here's a cool little tidbit that I found while I was researching this episode, and that's that the term suffragette was supposed to be this term of derision, but as happens with a lot of terms, the group that it was meant to offend co-opted it and made it their own. So the suffix et is meant to be a kind of diminutive, but some suffragettes switched up the meaning of that suffix. For instance, Lady Hubel said that that et suffix should be turned into jet, which could refer to the jet of enthusiasm in the suffrage movement. And the Pankhurst suggested that jet, that suffix, could instead be pronounced as get, as in get the vote. See you tomorrow for another episode. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 